every Wednesday, if there's a Springfield City Council meeting Tuesday evening, we bring you the Council Roundup highlights from the previous night's meeting. And a good, solid meeting last night, about an hour and 50 minutes. Listen to the whole thing, doubled speed this morning, and chopped out the bites, got it ready for you to serve up on a silver platter. Of course, the Council Roundup brought to you by somebody else who can serve some stuff up on some platters, and that is Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location is available and open for you for lunch throughout the week, but also on Saturdays. Don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. All right, let's get into it. Uh, last night, again, they uh, they covered a variety of topics, and we'll do what we can to unpack those for you. But uh, the mayor at first started off the meeting by welcoming in his youth leadership council. And uh, after hearing from them, they uh, they got the round of applause from the horseshoe and others. Thank Yay. you very much. Thank you. Thank you for Congratulations. Yay. So uh, Springfield Youth Council, the mayor's youth council, uh, obviously a way to uh, inspire leadership and teamwork and uh, get uh, young people to understand government more. Uh, but they also had a presentation last night from a local volunteer organization that puts on some pretty awesome events. And my name is Emily Watts. I'm the community vice president of the Springfield JCs. So Emily was there to talk about Capital City Celebration and uh, the the events that uh, happened during the Independence Day holiday and looking forward at a variety of things. Uh, but uh, some thumbs up all around. We had extremely generous sponsors who came together in very short notice to help bring the event to life and we are so grateful. We are especially grateful to the City Council and to the Visitors Bureau for the grant sponsorship um, of our event. Without it, we would not have been able to revitalize Capital City Celebration. So huge thank you to you all for that. So big team approach, and she says they're uh, learning a bunch of things moving forward. They got ideas. Um, we are going to use our additional time in 2023 to diversify our marketing efforts. We feel like that could be stronger and share our partnership opportunities earlier so that we can look at new ways that we can support local um, and have local local come and support the event. Now, there were a lot of things they said they couldn't put together in the short time frame they had in planning that, this year's events. So, though we had originally planned on doing a barbecue competition or a horseshoe competition, uh, the prize money involved and the overall stipulations with it was just not something that we could complete in a two-month time frame. But it's something to look at moving forward. So, obviously, uh, they're going to double down and uh, a little bit of a preview of what to expect for next year. Looking at ways to maybe include instructor-led dance in the evenings, um, a patriotic kids pageant, um, and bring that 4th of July parade back. Uh, we want to focus on parade entries in February 2023. So they are actually going to get their board together and start planning all this starting sometime in November, which is what, next month. So uh, good to hear about that. And uh, obviously, we'll see how many uh, city tax dollars they get uh, in helping promote that event. Uh, meanwhile, new ordinances that were all put together on the consent agenda passed. And then they had a couple of debate agenda items ultimately come up with no debate. So they passed those. But then they get into this issue that deals with city employees and retirees' health care. 
We're also going to focus. That's not the mayor. That is Emily Watts still. Uh, here is the mayor discussing the, the next steps. 2022-418, ordinance ratifying fiscal year 24 health insurance premiums and the health benefits summary plan description for the city of Springfield active union participants for the Office of Human Resources. Show again, uh, we heard a little bit about this last week, in particular the costs that are increasing and the differential between active employees and retired city employees' health care costs. Here's Budget Director Bill McCarty talking a bit about that difference. Got the overall premiums for retirees are larger than employees, active employees. It's always been like that that they're quite a bit larger. The increase that we talked about last week is what I was referring to. Everybody had just a 1% increase over existing premiums for this year. Coming back, we will hear more uh, from Budget Director Bill McCarty, also the union co-chair on the insurance committee, and questions back and forth from various members of the city council on to why retirees are paying more than the current active workforce in their health insurance premiums. So stay tuned. That's on the way here with Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop, and it is the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch throughout the week and also on Saturdays. And don't forget about delivery. Head West Subs. All right, we're in the middle of a conversation about uh, health insurance premiums and the cost differential between uh, current city employees and retired city employees. And getting a bit of insight as to what's going on there, here is the union co-chair for the insurance committee that's separate from the city council. Hi, my name is Mike Allwood. I'm the union co-chair of the uh, Joint Labor Management Healthcare Committee. So Mike talks about why retirees are paying more for their health premiums. Because uh, the city doesn't subsidize the retiree premiums as heavily as they do the employee premiums. And there's a far smaller number of retirees on there. So when you split that 22.5% by the number of retirees and the number of employees, and then you divide whatever the number the actuary says, that's where the actual premium for the retirees comes up. So it kind of explains a bit, but here's a bit more. The employees were like, you know, we're all going to be retirees one day, so we'll take a heavier split of it. So the employees took 12.5%, and then the retirees just got 10%. And then, so you take 10% of whatever the cost is, and then you divide that by the number of people who are paying premiums. We have a lot more employees paying premiums than we have retirees paying premiums, so the employees' premium is cheaper. Did you follow that? Hopefully you got a spread, a spreadsheet and a flow chart they were able to follow. I know it's not great for radio, but uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Some uh, aldermanic questions. Uh, Alderman Redpath has a question. You'll hear from uh, the union co-chair and also uh, Budget Director Bill McCarty in response. Yes, retiree premiums are higher than employees. Is it premiums. a substantial number? Uh, it's about... It's- Double. About double. But that- because we have about twice as many employees as we have retirees. And Alderman, that's not atypical in just about anywhere. Retirees tend to pay a higher premium than active employees. 
and more from Budget Director Bill McCarty. It's like comparing a brand new, say, police officer in their 20s versus a retiree in their 50s or 60s. They're, it's just the reality that medical costs are higher for, for retirees. That, that makes sense. Now, Alderman Redpath wasn't the only one with questions. Uh, apparently, retirees had been reaching out to other aldermen, including Alderman Hanauer. So their, their costs are going to be higher. But I don't understand why we don't put them all in one pool. You got one set cost, you know, you got the amount, whatever it is per year, and then break it down accordingly. You, to me, it would be be cheaper. You know, when it, it's great for the, the, the employees are half the cost, but boy, when they retire, they're, you know, they're, that hurts. And that's, you know, that was one of the, the concerns I got from a lot of the retirees. This year is 1%. Last year, it went up quite substantially. And you can't, you know, these people, you know, you, you, the term fixed income is true. Yeah. Uh, and if you have those uh, substantial increases that they saw last year, uh, even 1% on top of that the following year is still going to be, uh, you know, a, a guessing game where they're going to make up the difference, especially when they're dealing with high inflation for food costs, energy costs, and everything. Uh, Alderman Hanauer has more he wants to share. Here you go. The, the only problem is, is okay, it's great, but the, you walk out, the, you're, you're fine with your, your plan right now, but you retire tomorrow, you're, you're paying double all of a sudden. Huh? 86 weeks huh? I retire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 86 <laughs> weeks. I'm planning for that. 86 <laughs> weeks, you're going to be paying double. <laughs> Uh, it's not I, I quite double, my, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't have a problem, <laughs> and I understand what we're doing. I, I kind of understand yeah. what we're doing, but it's I also, uh, you know. Paying double, is, it seems seems a little bit crazy. To me. Oh, well, that's Alderman Hanauer. And uh, Mike's counting down the days. 86 weeks, he said. Uh, hey, all right. I have no idea. What? what, what, what why? I don't know when I will retire, so I can't even begin to estimate how many weeks. Anyways, um, Alderwoman Conley has questions, in particular about a specific provision in the new insurance plan. Because the one question that I did get from... Um that didn't cover retiree issues. The one question was asking about a lawsuit that the city recently lost dealing with um, hormone therapy. Hormone therapy. For a woman. Um, was that issue? It, it was brought before the committee, and we were never, the committee was never opposed, and I don't believe the city was ever opposed to those coverages, but it's similar to when the civil union part went through. We just basically were waiting for someone to come forward and say, hey, we want this, and let other people test the waters and work out the kinks. And now that we have someone actually in our membership that wants it, we did our due diligence with cost analysis, making sure it wasn't going to destroy us financially. And the committee voted unanimously to include that for the coming plan year. So um, the the hormone therapy component is in the uh, the the insurance policies for for the uh, city employees and retirees. Uh, Alderman McMiniman, here's the concerns about increased costs from last year, compounded by about one percent more this year. And he says, "Listen, I mean, we compare this to other municipalities of similar size. City of Springfield is doing pretty good. Have a one only a one percent increase in premiums." When we know that healthcare inflation is uh, double digits in some areas, that's a remarkable achievement. Meanwhile, the union co-chair uh, talks a bit more to wrap things up. 
the whole retiree issue on the IMRF side is really dwindling and you know all of that liability all that stuff is rapidly sloping off for the city too so you know that that's a good thing and I think the ages have gone up for police and fire as well so so you're going to start seeing some impacts from uh, changes to labor policies and benefit structures like tier one versus tier two, getting more tier two employees, and they're going to turn into retirees eventually and so on. Uh, so, yeah, that's a bit of a conversation there. They ultimately did pass those two ordinances dealing with city employees and retirees health insurance. Coming up next, we'll get to a uh, resident addressing the council, uh, a bit of a community calendar and an ordinance that's up for consideration dealing with uh, TIF money to help people rehab their homes. Back with the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch, also open for lunch on Saturdays, and don't forget, delivery, Head West Subs. Also want to remind you, you can help me raise funds for breast cancer research through the American Cancer Society's Real Men Wear Pink campaign. Already raised like 400 some odd dollars uh, and every little bit helps. I seeded that with 250. We've had people donate $15. We've had people donate $50. Every little bit helps, all right? So uh, do what you can all month long. Help me spread awareness about it, and uh, let's see if we can get back to the goal we had last year, 5000 that we blasted through. And I went ahead and set my goal for $7,500 this year. So if we get there, you're talking pink nails, you're talking pink hair, and a whole bunch of money to help fund breast cancer research. So let's make it happen, all right? WMAY.com slash pink. Again, WMAY.com slash pink. You can get a link to my fundraising effort there. Let's get back into the council meeting last night. An ordinance up for consideration deals with tax increment finance dollars to help private residences refresh their buildings. Ordinance authorizing the creation of an exterior and interior rehabilitation program and for a homeowner down payment assistance utilizing SHA tax increment finance funds an amount not to exceed $350,000 for the Office of Planning and Economic Development. So that's uh, the mayor's um, uh, speaking of the ordinance that was on debate and Alderman Redpath, he supports this idea. He just needs a little bit more particular uh, understanding about the details. Um, how the people are going to come in to make the applications for for the money and if is there going to be follow-up uh, on the programs to make sure that the work is being completed that kind of thing is there somebody can talk to us on that yeah, no, Aaron Horwath or someone from OPED like come up and explain. And the city's finance officer, Aaron, gets up. Financial assistance would be provided on a 10-90% matching basis for the interior and exterior rehabilitation program and for homeowner down payment assistance of up to $10,000 utilizing the SHA tax increment. So those are some of the parameters, uh, but uh, there's still uh, some, some more to be be discussed about this in particular. Uh, Alderman Redpath continues. I, I'm for the program. I think it's a great idea. I just want to make sure we're getting and the people are getting. This is probably the best expenditure of monies that we can do with TIF money for, for people that need this. 
And uh, he also has a question about fines. If people are getting fined, but they are making an effort to update their home using this program, should they still get fines? Are we going to do that? Are we going to forgive or lay back off the fines now that if... uh that, that they're they're applying to get the problems fixed because it doesn't really make any sense to make them pay a two or three four hundred dollar fine if if they're trying to get money to fix it and the yeah. best way they can do it is this way yeah it's an interesting predicament here's the uh, corporation council the city's lawyer uh jim zirkel similar plans the council has approved uh most recently over the last actually over the last couple of three years um, where the infrastructure, the process is set up, like with the cannabis grants and different other things. So all the proper paperwork and inspections will be in place before any monies would be issued, you know, receipts. and. So that's kind of the protocol and the procedures, but what about those fines? There is a process for the ability to look at waiving uh, fines. I think we'd actually specifically talked about that. Uh, and that would be ordinarily what we would probably end up doing is just getting a modified order because, you know, the fine comes through the administrative court. So if, in fact, they are, um, the work is done, then we would be in a position to ask for the fine to be reduced or just forgiven. So, uh, again, the program uh, would offer up some tax increment finance funds for interior and exterior rehabilitation and just questions in general about the overall uh, procedures and the protocol, but also, you know, people who are uh, facing fines and whatnot. Uh, Here's Alderman Redpath. We don't want to keep beating on them. We just don't. And the thing is, is there's a lot of people out there just aren't going to aren't going to do it. Now, that's a different subject and need to be they need to be uh, fined and collected on. But it's important that this program go through because it's it's probably one of the better things we've done for the people who need the help directly. Alderman Sean Gregory talked about the need for this to be well publicized, that in certain communities they're going to be able to access these dollars to rehabilitate both internally and externally their homes. Alderwoman Conley also wants it to be well publicized, especially in certain avenues. We have supports for our, for our residents and we can help you get your home fixed. We can resolve these issues without... You know, all the stress of, I mean, it, it is stressful to have an administrative finding. That's no one enjoys that, I'm sure. So people who are coming in and trying to do the right thing, just please make sure they know about all of our programs. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good point, uh, especially if people are going through administrative court, letting them know that they have these options. Uh, all right, meanwhile, it was time for new and unfinished business. You had Alderman McMiniman wanting to highlight some local heroes. Acknowledge um, our utility first responders. We had a, two crews come back from Florida where they did outstanding work. And... Every, and in our own city, every every night potentially, there are first responders out there doing work. So we had a 12-inch uh, water main line uh, break outside Christ the King uh, School yesterday on Barbary last night. And um, our crews worked into the night, into the morning, and um, the school was able to open. And there were actually two breaks there last night. So... Uh, Thank you, our utility first responders, for always being there and and, uh, reducing outages and making 
a life bearable for our citizens. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great note of public acknowledgement. Uh, meanwhile, it's got some kind of community calendar type stuff here. Here's the public works director, uh, Nate Bottom, talking about an event that's coming up in just a couple of hours here. Yeah, we're um, having a ribbon cutting, obviously, for the 5th and 6th Street underpasses. It's um, just on the north side of the 6th uh, Street, uh, Street underpass, just, uh, just north of uh, Princeton Avenue. So the dignitaries are going to be there to talk about the importance of the completion of that underpass. Meanwhile, here's the mayor with other community Public calendars. Ward 9 for Bruns Lane, and that's for the uh, Chatham Road extension, I believe. Bruns Lane. Pardon me? Bruns Lane. Bruns Lane. <laughs> and that's for uh, 4 o'clock at Revelation Worship Center, 1350 North Bruns Lane. <clears throat> so an open house today uh, at that location to talk about uh, Bruns Lane expansion. Uh, another event that's going to feature some city officials in the month of October, highlighting the need for more funds for breast cancer research. Cocktails for a Cure Thursday, October 6th from 5 to 8 at Win, Loser Draw. So the pro- proceeds go to uh, breast cancer assistance uh, for the local efforts with regards to Susan G. Komen, Cancer Society. So obviously plenty of opportunity for you to help out various groups that are focused on breast cancer research and uh, ensuring people who get the devastating diagnosis of breast cancer uh, can have access to resources they need. Uh, all right, so now it's time for citizens addressing the council from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. It is the council roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. Uh, James Johnson was there to uh, discuss things. We haven't heard from James in a while, but uh, he wanted to talk about the uh, diversity of of various Springfield public departments like police and in particular he had a problem with the lack of diversity in the fire department. We do not have any black or brown females on our fire department in 2022 in the capital of Illinois and nobody but me seems to think that's a problem or issue. Well, uh, there's some responses to this. Here's Alderman Joe McMiniman. We don't have a problem with keeping people out. We have a problem of getting persons in the door that pass all the tests. And so that's our challenge. Yeah, you got to think. I mean, firefighter tests, uh, it's got to be strenuous. I mean, those guys are and gals are wearing... Uh, <laughs> Incredible apparatus. Uh, it's at 50 plus pounds, if not more. And then they got to drag somebody uh, a long distance or down a ladder. Or uh, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stress on the body from being a uh, firefighter. Uh, here's the mayor talking more about this. What it comes down to is a recruitment issue. That's what it's plain and simple. Get the more numbers, you have a greater success rate. But Roy Williams, he talked about the lack of diversity in some union sectors and uh, lays out some of his concerns here. But I'm an all-around guy. I get with the police department. I get with the fire department. And I get with the unions. It's a tough, it's a tough discussion, especially sitting here as a Democrat, a part of a party made up of, of black people and, and unions. It becomes very tough, but you know what? If I don't open my mouth, nothing changes. Nothing changes for my people. So I will always say, where's your women? And and ask ask the fire chief, where's your women and where's your people of color? So, uh, again, uh, the questions about uh, union makeup of uh, whether or not they're diverse, uh, while the criticism is more focused towards the employer, uh, where's the union involved in this? Williams, uh, again, brings that up, but he says he's not targeting all unions. 
some unions, particular disciplines, the trades in particular, even within the trades, James, you're correct, maybe your union does have these women and these blacks. But I still got plumbers, electricians, you know, I still have disciplines that the numbers are just not there. And even in your union, the unions that do have the numbers, I get the calls from members who are scared. They're scared for their jobs. They're take, scared to take on the big man. So again, uh, highlighting the, and we've heard this criticism before uh, from others in uh, the African-American community that the unions don't strive enough to themselves be diverse. Uh, and uh, it's a problem that uh, I've heard about at least as long as I've been uh, watching these types of meetings and even discussions at the Illinois State House when it comes to uh, uh, the, the issue of unions. Uh, but uh, again, uh, a couple of more things from Alderman Williams. Let's just reflect Springfield. That's that's all I'm after. I think that's a, a fair assessment. Let's just reflect Springfield. Uh, and that's uh, that's a, a good uh, a good statement to have. Anybody should be able to just say that. Uh, meanwhile, labor is tight, Williams says. It's a really tough time in the country right now for young men and women to get qualified because of the physicalness yep. that's involved in and uh, that physical nature of being a firefighter is pretty tough. And I think Alderman Hanauer highlights how he doesn't care what color you are or what gender you are. It's the physical aspects he's looking for. James, talk to him. Get him to, get him to apply for it. You know, it's not just us that's recruiting. It's the, it's the people in the community. It's all throughout the community. you got to be a special cat to run into a freaking burning building. And not everybody's up for that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and he goes on with a personal story. I had a health event out at Lake Springfield about five or six years ago. I can't, it, was, it was quite a while ago. And they took me by boat. I was I got over. I didn't care if they if they were purple. <laughs> Did not care. All I wanted to see was big enough boots that could haul my big butt out of the boat and get me in the ambulance and get me taken care of. That's all I care about. And if, if you're if you're in a fire, you're gonna want someone that can run up that ladder, grab you, throw you over the shoulder, and run down. Oh, Alderman Hanauer with the uh, the alliteration here. It's great. Purple. Did not care. All I wanted to see was big enough boots that could haul my big butt out of the boat and get me in the ambulance and get me taken care of. <laughs> big enough boots to haul my big butt out of that boat. <laughs> All right, that's your Council Roundup here with Springfield's Morning News. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch and open for lunch on Saturdays, too. Don't forget delivery. Head West Subs.